episode of the Respect for Me podcast, our 21st episode in fact. I'm Lily Cox and I'm Nikki Pope and this week we're going to be talking about how to successfully manage a team or a group of teams. We're joined by a couple of people with particular expertise and experience in this field. Firstly I'd like to introduce the Managing Director of Gina Conway Aveda Salons and Spas, Salima Raja. The luxury hair salons have a holistic approach to hairstyling and spa treatments using environmentally friendly and ethically produced products for excellent results. And I know that Salima is well placed to contribute to this week's topic of conversation, looking after three salons located in the sort of, well, London area. It's not just South London, Wimbledon, Notting Hill and Fulham. Fulham. Yeah. Good. Welcome, Salima. Thank you. And joining Salima today, we have Joe Hemmings with us. Joe is the owner of the Bristol-based Blogs Salon Group. He's got 13 years' experience in the industry and has received numerous accolades in that time, including winner of Salon of the Year in 2017 for the British Hairdressing Business Awards and most recently Best in Region at L'Oreal Colour Trophy. Welcome, Joe. Welcome. Thank you. Good. So let's start with the numbers then. So how many people do you manage, Salima? Who would be in your... So in total, um, we have just under 100 people for the whole crew. Gosh. Yeah. Okay. And that's from stylists to therapists, managers, the the whole team. Front of house. Yeah. (laughs) And Joe? We have 16 at the moment. Right. Spread over two salons evenly. So have you got like two teams of eight or...? Pretty much, yeah. It's pretty much two teams of eight. Um, The salons are very different size. At the moment, I've got two teams of eight, so I think I can track the dynamics of the team very closely mm-hmm. and try to sort of get everyone to sort of buddy up with each other and, and work together in yeah. similar sort of environments. And um, what would be the profile of the salons? Are they city-based salons or are they a bit more suburban or...? Yeah, it's one of each. So my original salon is on um, an independent high street. I think it's one of the longest independent high streets in the country. So wow. the whole, all the locals are super... Uh, they like the local shops, walk to the salons, all that kind of stuff. Lovely. My new salon is a complete different environment and um, more of a corporate base environment with big office blocks to try and capture different sort of clientele uh, in both areas. Right, so maybe less residential then, Absolutely is it? Correct, right, yeah. more work based. Wow. And you th- your three salons, Slima, are London. Yeah, but they're all in quite different locations. Um, so the Notting Hill one is on a busy high street on Westbourne Grove. Um, great footfall, it's such a, um, a great location. Um, and then our Fulham location is a really cute residential um, street, so yeah. a lot of uh, local community come to that salon. And then Wimbledon um, is part of a department store. The salon oh, is in okay. a department store. Do you do activities which are labelled team building? So I know, you know, in the office Lily and I will occasionally say, right, come on, everyone, we're all going to do this. And it might be an overtly work-related skill activity in the name of team building, or it might be <laughs> going yeah. out for, you know, a show and some drinks. Do you guys do that? Um, so every six weeks, um, we actually hold something called a team celebration. Oh, that sounds nice. It's basically nice. a meeting, but it's more of a celebration because we, we have fun, there's breakfast and there's activities, there's always a couple of games in there. Mm-hmm. It's done in the salon, um, and it's, it's just the one time where everyone can literally just get together and there's no clients, and, and you know we have an agenda, so we present to them, but we also do some really fun activities around that, maybe a product launch or, or something like that. Yeah. 
So that's a whole company. Yeah, activity. but we do it independently. So we do each salon does oh, it every six right. weeks. Yeah, um, and we call it a, a team celebration. Wow. <laughs> And not as much as a structure of that, really. We're sort of um, <laughs> yeah. a bit more. Oh, we're ad hoc too. Yeah. Don't <laughs> I think with loads of people, you have um, to be structured. Yes. Mind you, I think when my team listen to this, they'll be saying, "Come on, Joe, let's let's oh, do this." Oh, let's have a team celebration. So um, no, yeah, I think we we actually the managers are just uh, promoted. Are all quite sort of keen on getting a like a summer party somewhere. Mm. We always have our own in-house awards October November time with a theme, and all the team can get involved with models and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, um, yeah, a bit more. Just go with the flow. It's, it's hard when you're smaller. I know, again, bringing it back to what Lily and I have done at times, is, you know, at the Christmas party, we'll kind of invite anybody who's ever worked with us a little bit, <laughs> yes. just to make yeah, us feel yeah, like yeah. a bigger company. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, bring suddenly, in the freelancers. Yeah, exactly. So we'll suddenly be like, oh, I thought there was only six of us, and there's 27 people here. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it does help. It's nice to feel part of something yeah. that's growing. Um, you know, it's just a ways of adapting things, isn't it, mm. But I think it's really important to have time, um, especially we're talking about managing successful teams, but to like to allow your team to bond mm, outside of yeah. the work environment yeah. as well. I think that really helps nurture like good relationships Definitely. with one another yeah. um, and equally understanding what kind of learner they are or what kind of, mm-hmm. what they're motivated by and things like that. So you can kind yeah. of get the best out of them. I know that we've program that you follow you know there's been some very successful training things in hairdressing in particular things like the 365 programs and or do you look to your brands perhaps for training i think our, our training is quite varied um we do look to aveda because they are they are our core brand and they've um, helped us implement different training before we've done 365 we've also done format as well so that's more of like pers- personality and mindset um, but in these team meetings that I mentioned earlier, we, we always usually have an activity that helps people come out of their shell a little bit or speak up or gain that little bit of confidence in, um, in front of the team. Yeah, I think it's, it's good to, to draw on each other. What do you think are the biggest challenges when you're growing a team and wanting them to be successful together? Um, so let's, let's bring it back to say working practices rather than winning awards and things at the moment. Let's to work within the salon environment. What's the biggest challenge in getting a team to work together? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll limit you to three or four. Well, three. <laughs> for me, I think um, the biggest eye opener for me is when I opened the second salon, and I realised that uh, when I was in, in one shop, I was there, I was first in, last out. Mm-hmm. You could sort of see everything right in front of you. I think when you um, open the second shop, that I realised there was no structure to the company at all. There were no systems in place, no mm. structure. It was a case that I got by with a smile and a. And a yeah, you good know, work ethic yeah. yeah. um, yeah. I think when you have two shops, I think the, the structure and systems were non-existent. I had to go right back to basics and build that back up. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, all my job now really is just to create an environment where my team can actually be happy and, and do great work. Yeah. And that's really comes down to, to structure, mm. a vision structure, and also our culture in, in our team, which comes on from the structure I put in place behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as long as you yeah, have, have clear boundaries, there's black and white areas, and I think everyone yeah. can respect that. Um, I totally identify with that. I, I have a you know a horror of bureaucracy and structure <laughs> and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's the same. It's when you've got one child, they can take them everywhere. They yeah. can go out for dinner with you. They sleep anywhere, and all the parents of one children, one you know, are very proud of the fact that they're so portable and so easygoing. You get a second child, and you suddenly think, 
okay, I need a routine and I need to know. Yeah. So I guess that's the same with the business principle and that it's, you know, a little bit of structure and a little bit of... Um, yeah, I think I think they are all individuals as well. Yeah. And I, I don't believe in giving everyone a, like a robotic script or robotic everything. I want people, it's a creative industry. Yeah. You've got to let people actually express themselves within their clientele yeah. and also on the shop floor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just having structure where everyone knows what's going on, when it's going on, and how it's going on sort of thing. Yeah. And therefore, it, the rest of it, really, that the teams look after it for me. Yeah. And they just do the great work and it runs itself, really. Yeah. And again, do you find, um, Salima, that as, I mean, it's, it's 16, 17 years now, I think, the business at Gina Conway, as it's grown, have you found yourself having to introduce more sort of manuals and procedures yeah. and things so I was there when we just had the one salon and I think like you said when it's the one salon there's only you know a handful of people there's not really any need or at that point for, for systems and structure but as we've grown I think with feedback from the team and you sort of see like we need like policies in place and and that sort of thing but again when you're in a creative industry you don't want it to be so like structured yeah. and uh, I love structure a lot of people say that that's my middle name. I, yeah. I do love, you know, I, I'm really love logistical. Yeah, yeah, love a list. Um, but I think, yeah, as we've grown, there's definitely more need for, for, for a system in place. Yeah. And I think the team appreciate that. You know, what they do is creative and sometimes a bit ad hoc, but they are probably the, the, the people that actually yeah. want the structure more than anyone. I think also when you've got a team of made up of different components, you can't assume that everybody means the same thing. Yeah. It's like when you're doing a photo shoot, you need a storyboard, you need a, a photo board of references so that everyone understands that the makeup's going to be like this and the lighting's going to be like that. And actually, really, we should apply that, you know, in its most basic way to building a team mm. and to actually name things. Sometimes, you know, you can have a bit of fun and play the game of, you know, if this company was a car, which car would it be? And mm -hmm. if it was a drink? And, you know, if, some, if one person thinks your company is, you know... Uh, mojito and somebody yeah. else says well I think we're going to have a cup of tea then you, you know you do some fast yeah. talking um, and even down to perhaps having a work ethic named or a, a mission statement or a corporate mission statement mm -hmm. do you have any things like those going on? <laughs> yeah just we do so we, we, we <laughs> have a Vader mission statement and also the Gina Conway one um, and that you know, defines exactly who we are, the type of people that we are, and also for recruitment pur purposes as well. We want you know people coming in to be of this sort of vibe, and and that's who we want to attract. And uh, you know, we want clients to see right. This is this this salon. You know, has a certain vibe. It's it follows a mission statement, a certain culture, and I think it's important because. In this industry, there's so many different people from different walks of life, and you know we want diversity, but we also want to, to be you yeah. know, true to our brand and our, yeah. our concept. And yeah, need an identity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I fully agree with Salima. We we haven't got such a we haven't got a major statement at all. I mean, we always sort of always trying to put them together, but then I end up just evolves and changes yeah. and changes. But I think definitely to it's something that. I'm quite honest, you know, the the gaps in my, my business, my salon, we need to look at. There's definitely something like that. And yeah, actually putting yeah. a statement together. But I say, when, when clients come to you, they know what they can expect. Yeah. And the team, and I think that's mm -hmm. a great way of actually building a brand like Gina Conway have done, you know, yeah. and is something that we need to look at. I think it helps to give um, voice to things that you know instinctively and feel, but to be able to share it with teams, I suppose, and it helps set an understanding. Mm -hmm. And maybe also you know, 
set boundaries at times yeah. you know it gives you a way of saying actually that is the line and that behavior crosses it and that one doesn't so yeah that's an interesting one i mean again with managing teams and particularly successful teams how do you go about putting boundaries in place with your teams because i know that hairdressers are very social beings and the the shop floor is a lovely place to work and a very friendly place to work but again there's there is a difference between kind of play and work if you like and how you draw the line between how was your Saturday night but also how's your column looking (laughs) how how do you approach that kind of stuff I don't think we have anything specific in place to say these are the boundaries but you know what I tend to do is encourage conversations where you get to know your team on a personal level without it becoming too personal I think it's really important to you know find out where your team are from what their previous jobs were maybe you know they have a family and that sort of thing but um you know without crossing the line and especially with 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 our managers you know I always say to them they come to to a point where you're going to have to discipline you're going to have to give some constructive criticism criticism and it's going to be hard if you've become like friends and and, and that kind of thing so there is that balance and I do think uh, you know as a manager myself it is hard you know I've been a manager for, for a number of years now but it is hard because you spend all your time at work and you do get friendly with your team members but um I've also seen over the years it's even more reason why you you have to create um, a good balance. Mm, definitely. Yeah, completely agree. I think it's a bit different when I'm, I've got 16, so it's a little bit more. I think if I had 100 people, it'd be very similar than that. But I think with 16, I suppose I try and um, I don't go out drinking with them. I don't go out, I, I did draw a line there completely. I'm okay, actually, yeah. I'm probably complete opposite of, I'm quite sort of one way of mind that way. I've never once mm. been out with my team and got drunk. I never have. No. And even the team were saying, oh, Joe, come out, have a drink with us. Yeah. For me, it's like a line I don't want to cross. Yeah, sure. Um, but I think I, I sort of do want to know about their families and their partners mm-hmm. and their, their kids and that kind of stuff. I think it allows me to understand what's going on in their life mm-hmm. and, and troubles they have. And I mean, all my team members will hopefully be with me for years and years. And unfortunately, people will go through tough times at home and they need the support from the business to bend around them and, and flexible. And I think, you know, one thing I have realised is when you get the family members on board in your business as well and they actually support of their partner in their career yeah. it allows them to really sort of be free and actually and push boundaries that um really open doors for the business and also their own career yeah. so i think like, yeah. you know, i want to find out about and meet their partners and yeah. family yeah. and kids and what and about the youngsters do you do anything that involves their families you know you, the 16 to 18 year old brackets do you try and bring the families in at all or is, does that not work for you i mean we bring the families in for Models for them to be sort of hair models, mm, sisters, yeah. friends, parents. Yeah. Mum. I mean, normally the mums are the first ones through the door. Yeah, sisters next, and so on yeah. and so on. So that sort of looks after itself a little bit there. Um, I mean, I'll go back to like, sort of the, the the boundaries and that kind of stuff. I mean, with the and you said about sort of business coaching and that kind of thing. I, I use a guy called Simon Harris who runs My Salon Manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually I saw him do a, a talk once, and I thought this is what the guy that I need to sort of add a bit of guidance in some ways mm. purely through job roles mm-hmm. and I've never had any of that before yeah. and since having a, a talks with him and ongoing relationship with him over time you actually can I think being a salon owner for me I found it quite lonely sometimes you had, you had nowhere to go yeah. even though my partner um, is also a hairdresser and, and she's an amazing hairdresser owning a salon is very different to yeah. you know and, and, mm. and then my family also haven't got any experience of running salons so there's nowhere to really go in that sort of um, 
you know, what, what's, what's, what's that to look like? Job yeah. roles, both visionary takings, and more yeah. support for it as you go through, but also the vision for it as well. Massively, yeah. Is, is can, be, can be difficult. So it's worked for you to sort of almost like make your own team with Simon Harris. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's always, he's, he's more there for just a bit of guidance. I think I dip in and dip out of it. I, I, think I sort of use it here and there. If I've got a problem or, or an issue to deal with, I'm not sure. Um, I'll give him an email, I'll give him a call, I'll give him a text and sort of say, what are your thoughts? Or is this normal in, in a business? Or even down to performance, you know, growing a new salon, what numbers is good, what numbers are bad? Yeah. You know, there's no point in me sitting there thinking, oh, we're doing amazing. Mm-hmm. And actually, the industry standards, we're nowhere near where we need to be. Yeah. So it's good to actually balance it on all that kind of stuff. Um, and that size helped massively. Actually putting structure to job roles, um, operations manual, mm-hmm. and all of that in the back catalogue of actually what we need to... Yeah, you know, job reviews, yeah. history, Bang that on. kind of thing. Yeah. So it must be, I mean, it's great... And we all want to have companies of individuals, but creating sort of individual career paths and it's time consuming, isn't it? Trying to sit and talk to people and figure out what they want to do and, you know, gently steer them in the right direction. So do you find it time consuming or is there a a trick to it? Well, we we do have something in place. Um, (laughs) So we, we we hold annual performance development reviews. Um, and we um, we measure their success through um, their service sales, their retail sales, their productivity. But we also there's a section where it's goal planning, and it's about their personal um, goals. Right. So it could be something like I want to own a car in, in a year, or I want to be able to buy a house. And I think it's I think it's important to find out what their other goals are as well as the goals that they set through work. Right. Um, so another goal might be like I you know I want to be promoted to creative director by 2020 or something like that um so there's the career goals and personal goals and uh, uh, as a manager i think it's really important that we understand what their what yeah, their goals what are yeah. Yeah, yeah interesting salima then and i'll come to you joe in a minute what what makes a successful team like what is your biggest barometer of success of a team working cohesively and well together is it the cohesion or, or what would you say makes a team successful i think one of our main things that makes a team successful is a team that isn't stagnant so a team that is able to evolve and to grow Um, we encourage um, our teams to participate in so many things outside of the salon to to keep up their creative juices flowing Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's where real success comes from um, a team that's wanting to change wanting to grow because we're in an industry that's always evolving and we don't want them to feel like this is it these are the four walls of the salon you do your clients day to day and that's it um, so I think success comes through constant education, constant developing, and really encouraging them to, to always be creative and not just in the salon and outside. Um, so whether it's through shows and education and, and that sort of stuff. And for you, Joe? Yeah, fully agree with Salima there, really. I mean, um, individuals sort of see them, their career develop. Mm-hmm. But I, I go on a, a feeling of a sh- on the shop floor when the salon's manic. Yeah. And you see clients that are loving their experience, the team are bouncing off each other. That to me is what mm. I get a buzz from. And, and that is just, um, that's, it's a success, that's success to me, it really is. Mm. When you sort of see the, the team in their staff room after work having a laugh with each other and they've had a good day, they run behind, they're caught back up and mm-hmm. the clients yeah. rebook. And it's a great feeling on the shop floor. Feeling proud of themselves. Yeah, I think massively. it's pride, isn't it? So moving that out of the salon then to, you know, the, the ones who are hungry for 
doing competition work or doing collections or who want to become education um, deliverers or who maybe aspire to having their own salon either with you or without you how do you how do you keep the team together whilst you know we all need those people don't we mm -hmm. to drive things on how do you manage that um, well, we always say that your employment at Gina Conway is um, a great platform. So it doesn't mean that you will always be the role that you've been hired. We want you to be able to, to grow. And I think every person within the salon has um, somewhere that they can evolve to. Um, so we want to continuously encourage that. But also, I think um, to keep an employee for a long period of time the best way to do that is to help them with all the other stuff that they want to do. So whether it's... The, we just sort of say that if you want to... In the Loyal Colour Trophies, like the thing we just happened recently, mm -hmm. um, we had three teams enter it this year. And this just simple as if you want to be involved, fantastic. But you've got to make all the dates, all mm. the times, all the meetings, mm -hmm. and that's it. Wow. You know, it. Without actually having a team all putting together. Yeah, yeah of course. I mean, I, I'd sort of... I'm a massive football fan and you look at a team of a football team and it's all the same then you've got your your stars that score the goals and you've got right down to the the foundation of the base of the company who don't really want the limelight but they want to go to work do clients yeah. in a great environment get paid well and go home yeah and you need a complete mix of everyone to actually as long as everyone knows where they are I mean no hierarchy in my company there's no one even though it's my company I'll still take the bins out I'll still yeah. shampoo for yeah. somebody else and the manager still that same with everyone so in the whole company but everyone should be happy to see everyone else do well mm. and I think generally I don't get any issues with my team on that they, they all are great and actually we've got a WhatsApp group numerous WhatsApp groups and they're all sort of mm. you know non-stop and yeah it's a, it's a funny old thing at the moment isn't it that, that you know we all a bit worry in us in there a lot of of people out there who are very independent and who see it as being like, you know, I'm going to go freelance, I'm going to be a brand ambassador, I'm going to, you know, be a bit of a, a stage star and I'm not, you know, it's all about me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great that there are people like that in the industry, but in, I'm worried that there's too many at the moment. It's, people are seeing it as very much about themselves and building mm -hmm. their own careers. And that's putting a bit of pressure on salons to build teams and yeah. to get the right people in. You're laughing at me now, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask a very similar question. Actually, how do you deal the with the non-team players? Um, do you have you have you seen that happen? Or are you? Uh, yeah. How PC going to be? It? I mean, um, we can always cut it out. No, no, I, mean, <laughs> I think you can tell very quickly, even in um, when you meet someone for the first time. You know, I don't really have interviews, the general chat, and I try and find out: can I actually work with you? You know, can you actually mm, do you fit yeah. into my team? There's no point in me putting. It has. You know, at that point, you can normally tell straight away if... I sort of think, if I can't communicate with you when I'm sitting here for the first time, there's not much chance going to fit into my team or so. Yeah. yeah. And I think you can gauge it sometimes. I have got it wrong over the, over the years, bound to have, and, and um, sometimes it has been a case that, you know, we've part of company, you know, and yeah. for the right reasons, you know, and, and they've gone on to do other things, like we've done our own thing. And it's just, as long as everyone's um, is open in that sense, before we get to a point when it's not and it's yeah. an issue yeah. and training on toes uh, but it, it's something that I think in our industry you have to obviously embrace change and let people you know spread their wings and become freelance and independent all that is great but I think I'm saying the opposite of that in the case yeah. of I am like Selena and Judy Conway we are sort of salon groups and it is a case of 
keeping it in house and, yeah. and building a team. Yeah. Mentality. So, what yeah. about in things like individual Instagram accounts? Do you let your team, yeah? Can they do that? Can they be like you know Nikki at Gina Conway? Uh, yeah, or they can be their own personal one. So we sort of have this philosophy where we want you to grow your business within our business. It's your column. It's your clients. You know, go out there on social media and post your pictures and and do that and build your brand and you know within our brand. So you know, yeah, I'm always encouraging them to have their own social media. I'm on the social yeah. media account. I'm like, who's posted today? Like, um, yeah. Right. So, but so you let them do it, but watch what they do. Yes. So it's it's, it's, a, it's their mm. own personal account. So yeah. it doesn't have to say you know like Nikki at, at Gina Conway. Yeah. Um, but their work would have like the hashtag Gina Conway or they'd have to add us and stuff. Right. Would you can... pull them up if they didn't or if they oh, said yeah, you know, I'm you know, like, you've missed a DM me for <laughs> yeah. appointments oh. or something. Be like, excuse me. Yeah, no, definitely. If they've not done the right hashtag, I'll be like, you need to add us or, or yeah, something okay. like that. But we're, we're always, you know, commenti- commenting, reposting their work and they love that, you know, and they love to see their work on another platform. So if I can encourage that even more so. About pride, we've talked about exposure, structure, favourite word, yeah. <laughs> uh, boundaries. So, Joe, you need to go back and get your structure yeah. back to backdate your structure. Mission, mission, mission statement, statement. Yeah. 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 The team will be saying, Come on, Joe, what's the mission statement? Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And allowing people to be themselves within yeah. that. Yeah. You know, so, it's a bit of freedom, isn't it? So, you know, it's nice. We all want to be individual, but actually, we all really want to be part of a team as yeah. well. So, I think it's doing the both. I've got one final question, really, because I know that both of you guys do run very successful teams as it is. Um, What would you say to someone who might be listening who feels that their team has become maybe a bit disenchanted or a little bit demotivated and they've maybe dropped the ball on keeping an eye on their team and offering them progressions and things like that? How to kind of re-engage with them? What would be your, your, you know, three top things maybe to try and rebuild the team spirit I think one is I think we can all agree that a lot of people come into this industry because of their passion for hair so I think sometimes people you know might get a little bit demotivated if they lose their passion so what I would do is try and ignite that by making them fall in love back you know where it all started so hair beautiful hair you know maybe inspiration from some of the the legendary hairdressers that are in our industry it could be like a training workshop or doing something in the salon um, and trying to reinstate that passion that they've you know might have lost and and that's totally normal as well people lose their passion sometimes and um so yeah i'll try and do that yeah massively sort of go back into what they what they love doing to begin with, why they're yeah. into the industry, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, just have a chat with them. Just take them out for out of the salon, have a cup of tea and just, just have a chat and, and see how they're feeling and go from there, really. Yeah. And do you think it's important for that conversation to take place outside yeah, of the salon? Definitely. To yeah. be like... Maybe in, you know, it can be in their own home, it can be in a, a walk in a park somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be anything, just to sort of clear the cobwebs yeah. and, a, and a mutual sort of ground. Taking um, a walk is really good, isn't yeah, it? Because they can be side by side break. and not just like eyes Massively. on. Massively. Yeah. Yes. Our brilliant guests Salima Rajab and Joe Hemmings for all your words of wisdom. Yes, and thank you to everyone who listened to the Respectfully podcast this week on how to manage and build a successful team. I hope you found it as helpful and informative as we have. I'm Nikki Pope, and together with Lily Cox, we have prepared show notes for you on this subject. So, all the references and mentions of names and strategies and ideas, we will endeavour to get them all in the show notes. 
We'd love to hear from anyone listening, so why not join in the conversation and tell us what you think by emailing us at info at iha.co.uk. That is ihaa.co.uk. Um, and please also don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to Respectfully. If you're listening on iTunes, it helps other people to find us. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Goodbye. you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>